Welcome to Jab, Cross, Hook, a fan-sided fight show with your hosts, Ian McMillan, Amy Kaplan, and Reed Wallach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Jab, Cross, Hook. Myself, Amy Kaplan, Reed Wallach. Reed is joining us again uh, after last week's hiatus. Uh, fortunate for us, unfortunate to him, he uh, he is now joining us because his Nets uh, did not last very long in the NBA playoffs. Reed, quick comment about your Nets getting embarrassed in the first round. And he froze. <laughs> Perfect timing. Perfect timing. I'm, no, conspiracy theory, tin, tinfoil hat, I think he might have did, did that on purpose. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. I'm not going to let him get away with it when he figures his internet out. It's a great facial expression that he froze on, I know. Too. Um, oh. and he's still frozen. We'll figure it out. Um, this week's episode, we've got a lot to recap. We got Randy Brown's special guest, uh, joining us, uh, in a little bit, uh, to talk his fight next week at UFC 274 against chaos Williams. It is a stacked card next week. Uh, and that's a fantastic fight that's going to happen between him and Randy Brown. But, uh, before we have him on, uh, before we have Randy Brown on the show, a few things to recap It's actually a pretty busy weekend. Uh, in mixed martial arts, actually just in martial arts in general. we got a lot to get through. Um, we are going to start, as always, though, with what, what we are drinking because we are all degenerates. Apparently, Reed's internet is legitimately down. We'll see if we can yeah. get him back at some point. It's kind of convenient that that happened right uh, as soon as I roasted him with the Nets. Still think that was planned. We'll see. Nick Grassy says, we want Randall Brown. Randy Brown's going to come on very shortly, probably in about 15 minutes, 10 minutes, he should be joining us. Amy, what are you drinking before we get into, uh, before we get into uh, some MMA talk? Well, I had originally planned a whole theme with some of my picks. So I was going to pick a certain city Ooh. and then like a beer from that city, but they didn't have it. And I was running late. So I ended up with my, my, just my favorite 805, just something simple. First time I'm drinking beer on the show. I think I've always been wine or hard liquor. There he is. I was going to say, I think this is your first time drinking beer, so uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out for you. By the way, Amy, you are uh, the defending champion. You did win last week. It was just a two-person draft, but uh, you did beat me. Just to recap those really quick, just to get that out of the way while I have it uh, in front of me here. Uh, we both did go 2-1, and one, so we were both profitable. Kudos to the two of us, uh, but I finished plus 0.41 units. You finished plus 0.87 units, uh, so you got a little bit better odds. Uh, you got a little bit more aggressive with your picks. Uh, and it paid off. But uh, hats off to both of us. We were both profitable with our three picks. So, uh, Reed, are you back or are you frozen again? He's gone again. Yeah, he was gone. He was gone. It's just a two-person show again, I think. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think he just doesn't want to talk about his nets. Uh, I am back. Yeah. I am back on uh, vodka sodas. Mm-hmm. Trying to quit beer. Once am I in now? My- yes. In now. Reed, welcome back. How's your internet doing? Can you hear us? I am having just terrible Wi-Fi right now. Here, Can you I, hear us? Yes. yes. Now I'm back. Us. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want Can to talk about us? the Nets getting eliminated. Yeah, yeah that I didn't was want to talk about the Nets on your part, wasn't it? Yeah, I pulled out the Wi-Fi. I didn't want to talk about it. But no, <laughs> I am back. You're, we can look ahead now to the UFC summer calendar because my lovely Brooklyn Nets decided to bow out in four games, make it easy so I didn't have to miss – another Wednesday show. So thank you for understanding and letting me go through my tough time on a Wednesday. One, two Cancun. Is that what they say? One, two, three Cancun. Yeah. And I was there on Monday for game four. Also, I didn't one, two, three Cancun. I was locked until the end. So now it's one, two, three UFC, I guess for me. Reed, do you have a drink for tonight? Yeah. So it was my roommate's birthday over the weekend. So we have a bunch of Bud Lights in the fridge. So I'm going to do my <laughs> do my part to get rid of these. So there's the Bud Light. I this is like a solid five point two out of ten. Minus one unit already for Reed this week. Bud Light on the show. <laughs> we have a bunch of leftover beer. I can't let it sit there. I gotta yeah, do my no. part. No, that's fair. I yeah, I, I had a couple of Bud Lights at the Yankees game a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was disgusted with myself, but that's all right. Um, let's talk before we get Randy Brown on the show. Let's talk. Let's recap a little uh, last weekend's action. Amy, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with uh, PFL, which was going on as we were recording last week? Yeah, I mean, I think PFL, you know, PFL kind of gets some some hate. I think one of the big things was the, of their pacing was, I mean, oh, here comes my cat, was atrocious. She wants to talk PFL as well. Um, but this one, it seems like they finally got it under, oh my goodness. <laughs> big PFL fan. That's one-eyed Millie. 
Okay, she's going down. Um, they finally seem to have gotten it under control. I feel like um, they listened to a lot of the criticism and they got it to an appropriate time. But I think, oh my God, that main event was crazy. Clay Collar, Jeremy Stevens, it was Jeremy Stevens' debut in the promotion. Really, really, really good main event potential fight of the year and we had a few of those this weekend i mean this like this month april has been fight of the year month it's crazy like all these fights have been insane so good uh quick side note we're not going to spend too much time on this but uh just speaking of pfl and kind of promotions outside the ufc i did see one championship i don't think this is added on our list here but one championship signed a deal with amazon i think uh mm -hmm. got released today so that we're going to see a lot more one championship in north america which is always good i'm always for more mma and getting these kind of other outside ufc promotions a little bit more love because as we saw last week with that jeremy stevens fight there are some very good athletes some very good fighters in these other uh promotions uh let's talk about bellator uh do you think cyborg was a fight of the year as well against arlene blen uh, pronounce Blenko. her last name for me Blenko. yeah Blenko. um yeah i mean i do i know i got a lot of hate saying that on twitter but i everybody was saying why well, she you know she just beat her up for five rounds but that's you cannot underestimate somebody lasting five rounds yeah. with Cyborg. And yeah, she did beat her up five rounds, but Cyborg took some too. She wasn't just being beat up. And let's just say that she was. That's still freaking impressive because you know, Cyborg is a machine. And and that fight Ooh, was Cyborg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, easily the best female fight of the year. I would put it in my nominees for fight of the year. I wouldn't put it, I mean, with some of the others, it's a little bit less than that, but I still think it definitely it needs to be talked about. Um, Arlene looked amazing. The fight was totally different than the first round, first one. And I just, I mean, it was just, I was just the whole time just going, ah, the whole time freaking out. So it's a great fight. Are they gonna do a are they gonna do a trilogy fight? Is that already in the works? Is that already decided? I don't know. I don't know if they will. Um I know Cyborg really wants to box, so I don't know how much longer Cyborg really has. Um, I know she wants to have children. She wants to get married. She wants to do the family thing. So um, I don't know. We'll see. But I know she really wants to box. Yeah. Uh, and there was another uh, fight on that uh, uh, on Bellator card. What I believe is Bellator. Liz Carmouche, correct? Yes. So that was the night before. So they had a, they had two nights. That's, uh, right. That's, right. yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So Liz Carmouche won the title. It was her first ever title in a major organization. It was in front of a crowd that was all military. They had done a show that was specifically for military. Anyone who had a military ID could get in for free. Um, that included first responders, firemen, paramedics, that sort of thing. And she obviously has the the past um, military experience. Former Marine. Yeah. And so it was a really emotional moment for her you know unfortunately it was kind of marred by the fact that a lot of people thought it was an early stoppage it was a little bit of an early stoppage we kind of call it in the media a girl stoppage whereas if it was two men they probably would let it go but if it's two women they kind of like they don't want to see as much pain i've again. never heard that before oh yeah like we from like an m from like i didn't know mma media referred to it as that yeah i mean not i've heard that before do you do, do, yeah, like do you think there's some merit to that amy Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. I think that if that had been two men, it would have it would have kept going. I don't necessarily think that. Um, I mean, it was a little early, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with it too much. I'm not gonna be like, no, you know, conspiracy theory or anything like that. Yeah. So, so like quick but fair. Quick but fair. Okay. I did see it. I thought it was a little, well, I think, I think the biggest issue with the stoppage was the fact that there was only what, like 10, 15 seconds left in the round. And like, if that was like two and a half minutes left then it kind of made sense. Cause she had her in a position that like, she was not going to get out of, but like, it's like, she probably could have survived 15 more seconds. Yeah. But like, I don't know if a referee is supposed to consider how much time is left in the round when they're, when, when they're making a stoppage, like if someone's in a bad position, they can't get out of, are they supposed to take into account that there's only 15 seconds left and they can probably last that long or not? I, I don't know. I haven't read the rule book for referees. Yeah. Making referee I feel training, like but. they probably aren't. I mean, I think too, like um, from the angle that he was standing and from our angle as viewers, we could see that the elbows weren't doing a ton of damage, but for him, maybe he thought they were doing a lot of damage because they looked really you know, hard elbows. Mm -hmm. um, so I could understand where he might have thought 
that that was doing more damage than it was. So that's kind of why I think I would, I'm okay with the stoppage. Cause again, it's the angle. I mean, it's one guy seeing it. We're seeing it from like 50 different angles. So and she had her in a bad position. It was like a crucifix or something. Like she yeah. she wasn't going anywhere. But then again, like I said, it kind of brings up the question. She probably could have last 10, 15 more seconds. Reps are, more, reps are constantly in like the worst. Like I feel like they can never get it right. Like it's not even their fault. It's just like they call it, they let someone get their brains beaten in too much. They do call it too quick. Like it's such a lose lose. Like you either yeah. do it too fast or too slow. It's such a lose lose. I find it like such a thankless job like hey you know what good stoppage like that good job yeah i would like, never want to be a referee or a judge because they yeah, I feel like it's the worst job. yeah judging is like it i mean for just the people that are judging they like seem to never get it right anyway so talk, talk about thankless jobs right. <laughs> uh i was this bell this was bellator i think as well i'm sorry i get bellator and pfl mixed up uh stots against uh uh delivers first ko loss to juan archuleta was that bellator or pfl that was Bellator co-main event to Cyborg's fight. Um, it was the first Grand Prix fight. It was the fight originally was supposed to be with the champion, Sergio Pettis, and his friend and teammate, Raytheon Stotts. Um, and obviously, you know, Raytheon went to a different camp for this because he, you know, obviously couldn't have the same coach coaching two guys. Then Sergio got injured, and so the the champ that Sergio got his title from stepped in. So it was sort of like the next best thing. Um, Juan Archuleta is no joke. He's never been stopped on a fight. And Raytheon knocked him out and knocked him out in a really fun, crazy, exciting way. Um, and that was, I mean, Raytheon's a very good friend of mine. So watching that fight was really exciting for me to see him finally get his title. So it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the tournament goes now that we have a new champion. Interim champion. Once again, a perfect example of if you're not watching these promotions outside of the UFC, you definitely have to if you're a fan of mixed martial arts. Um, but we do obviously, there obviously was a UFC card last <laughs> weekend that we haven't touched on. Um, and Amy, something that, that we talked about last week, these UFC cards that don't necessarily have the biggest names in the world sometimes to, uh, deliver the most exciting fights. And we kind of got that this past week. The main card, four of the five main card fights where first-round finish, Jessica Andrade pulled off the first-ever standing arm triangle choke inside the UFC. Vicious. Uh, just a vicious submission. That's the, the knee bar by Claudio Puelas against Clay Guida. Uh, oh. Good job by you, Ian. You had, I know you had Puelas. I had Clay Guida. Thank I you. I even kind of hinted towards a first-round submission. No no big deal. But <laughs> yeah. uh, any, any submissions that involve legs are – tough to watch for me so that was especially in knee bar that's net nasty yeah. submission wait, wait uh, and then the standing standing arm trial that doesn't that doesn't you don't find that very gruesome you find that like kind of pleasant to watch well, no no because usually usually with chokes like 10 seconds later you're fine like yeah you're not like the ones like you're tearing apart no, no, i'm, I'm messing yeah. with you i'm messing because there are, i think submissions are i would argue like more gruesome to watch than knockouts because like knockouts you're like oh like submissions are like Ugh. Especially different limb submissions. Yeah. Submissions, you can almost feel them. You know what I mean? Like, you can feel it in your arm or you can feel it in your leg or it's like, oh, there was that clip a couple weeks ago. I think it was in like a Brazilian promotion or something, and a girl had someone in a in a Camorra and just popped her shoulder right out. Oh, yeah, like that's that. so big. Oh, makes you like a little bit. A knockout, like it's just kind of like a little, like it's like faster, and like you're like, whoa, like that's right. crazy. And submission is like that, like looks incredibly painful and you know violent. I still yeah, like no, it. Last year, somebody lost their finger. Their finger was literally ripped off their hand, and then they lost the finger in the middle of the fight. Where did that happen? This really yeah. happened. CF, CFFC, I think. Oh, I remember that. Yes, yeah. I do remember These that. These are the yeah. little promotions you need to be yeah. watching. People losing yeah. fingers. And then they, they got it. They found it. And then he got it sewn back on. And then he fought again, not that night or anything, but like recently. And everybody was like, that's the finger guy. So, like, that's what he's going to be. I remember that. I think I subconsciously buried that deep in my mind because I didn't (laughs) think about that again. Uh, But, yeah, five fights in the main card last week in the UFC. Four first-round – not only first-round finishes, first-round submissions. And then even in the prelims, three of the six were uh, first-round finishes. One of them was a a DQ, the opening fight of the night. So, maybe not necessarily as exciting or as – uh, something that you'd want to see as opposed to a, an actual finish. But uh, it was an exciting card. I uh, already talked about the historic standing arm triangle choke. Uh, it kind of reminded me, I, I know it wasn't a uh, 
standing arm triangle choke when it happened, but when John Jones choked out Lyoto Machida up against the cage and his body just kind of crumpled to the ground. It kind of reminded me of that submission back in the day. Um, yes, so there we go. We are gonna we are gonna touch on a few more things later on before we do get to the draft. Uh, but our special guest is here. Let's bring him in. UFC welterweight Randy Brown getting ready for his UFC 274 fight next week against Chaos Williams. Can we bring him in? <laughs> Drum roll. Oh, we're working we on the audio. Having, we might have audio issues with him. He's here. We might be have, might be having audio issues or audio only, no video. Then do we have audio only? Do we have do it? Do we have his audio here? Randy, do you hear me? A jab, Randy. cross hook first. No. No Randy yet. He's kind <laughs> He's of in the somewhere. back room. <laughs> He's in the back room. He's in the green room of the stream. He might be the, audio the, only. The but vocal no audio green room of the stream. Uh, while we get that figured out, let's let's quickly talk about uh, something else that happened in the UFC car. We'll jump right back to Randy as long as we can get that figured out. Um, shout out to a couple of Canadian fighters. Back-to-back submissions on the card. Um, Marc-Andre Barrio. Uh, defeated Jordan Wright, and then Charles Jordan uh, submitted Lando Veneta. Two back-to-back Canadians first-round submission finishes. Uh, Amy, you were actually on Charles Jordan. He was he was one of your picks. Uh, shout out to Canada, and once again trying to climb back into UFC mixed martial arts relevancy. People forget yeah. Canada used to be my my Canadian brethren. We used to be a, a powerhouse in mixed martial arts. We had GSP. We had Roy McDonald. Uh, we had Carlos Newton back in the day. Uh, we've kind of quieted off the MMA stream or the MMA uh, kind of forefront, but we're fighting back. There's a couple of guys there. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised you didn't pick them when we were doing the draft, but I wasn't going to say anything because I wanted one of them. But, um, you know, after the fight, I asked one of them. Can't remember which one it was now. Whichever the first Canadian was the one on the card. I oh, asked great. him. Okay, so I asked him about Canadian MMA because in PFL, and they never say this guy's name right, Olivier Mercer. Olivier Albin Mercier. Yes, thank you. That's it. You him. That, that was like the most, in a way, you always yeah. seem to say something Canadian. That was very, very, like, that came out very, like, easy. Like, I can just yeah. tell. That yeah, that everything. was beautiful. That was good. Um, he had said Canada, Canadian MMA is dead. I mean, he said some really, like, just, like, it's, it's, pointless it's hopeless blah 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 and so i asked the canadians on the ufc card if they felt that same way they said no um they proved no there's people coming up um so yeah i think that canadian mma is definitely not gone I think they had a rough time with uh the pandemic because it was very strict i believe it's still pretty strict out there but give it time i think canadians are still there yeah john mcdessey he's canadian yes and the guy who I picked a few weeks ago, who I mistakenly said he was from Halifax on the show. I don't know if I ever retracted that. Uh, uh, sure Dog gave me wrong information. It turns out he's from Toronto or somewhere in Ontario. Went to Dalhousie, which is in Halifax, and where he trained MMA for a little bit in TJ Grant's gym. Uh, but he's not from Halifax. I'm blanking on his name. I apologize. I picked him. He won for me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's Mike, a couple young, young up and coming. Mike Mallett. Mike Mallott. Yes, correct. Oh, I saw him today at Media Day. How's he doing? He's good. <laughs> he was just standing there. I didn't say anything to him. <laughs> but Randy's uh, yeah. back. Is 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 Randy here? Randy, can we hear you? I'm here. Yay! There he is. There he is. Randy Brown, UFC welterweight, joining us, getting ready for his UFC 274 fight against Chaos Williams. Randy, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? How are you feeling ahead of your fight next week? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Thank you guys for having me. Feeling great, and I'm I'm ready to go. Awesome, I'm excited you're here. It's our first, I would say, like it's our first two weeks out from a fight. Fighter yeah. coming on talking on the show, so you're not quite in that uh, weight cutting mode yet. Not yet, but soon. I'm water loading. I'm drinking a ton of water. I'm dieting, you know, but still, still going strong. Yeah. So, Randy. You know, you've been in the UFC since 2016. You started with the promotion, you know, 12 fights under your belt. And you're coming on in on a two-fight winning streak. You're fi- facing Chaos Williams. What is – are you starting to map out maybe like a trajectory up the welterweight ranks? Like what's the goals here on this little run you're on? And, you know, how do you see your fight with Chaos going? I'm just taking it one fight at a time. You know what I mean? I'm taking it one fight at a time. So for me, I'm just focusing on Chaos, obviously. Um, 
I understand that, you know, a, a win streak, furthering my win streak is going to bring me to where I want to be, which is the rankings and ultimately, you know, leading into the top five of the world. But um, right now I got to take my, take it a step at a time and I got to focus on chaos and how I see that fight unfolding. I think I get it done. I think I get the job done. I go in there and, and show, you know, my skill. What was your thoughts when you first heard that name as your opponent? I was excited. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, he's, he's tough. Um, he's one of those people that that's going to draw the best out of me. Cause I know he's a banger, you know, he's a big power puncher. Those dudes that are always coming forward, you know what I mean? Throwing really aggressive like that. I think that brings the best out of me. I do want to show everyone watching. in the, yeah, Sorry, there's a lot, lot you have a lot of fans in the chat right now. Uh, <laughs> on Walker says Randy Merrimy. Nick Rossi has a question about beans. I don't know if if you. Is, that's beans. that's my Discord. That's probably my. Just ignore them. They're they're trolls. <laughs> <laughs> that's the root gang. Shout out to the root gang. I love it. Are you are are you a gamer, Randy? Do you uh, do you have a Discord channel? I assume. Do you stream often or? Yeah, actually, I stream a podcast on Twitch every Friday and Sunday called the Prone to Bro. You know, um, I also game from time to time. Not enough. They're getting ready to. I talk some shit that I don't that I don't game enough, but um, but yeah, I stream a ton. When you do game, what do you play? I play uh, random stuff, typical Call of Duty, you know, like everybody else. Mostly for me, I like decision making games, story games, where the decision that you make uh, change the outcome of the story. You know, that's more that's more my type of style. So I play those type of games. Do I you ever get here. fans that are like, because we were talking to Kay Hansen a couple weeks ago and she was saying how no matter what she does, if she posts anything that's not MMA related, they're always like, why aren't you training? Go back to training. Do you get that kind of a thing? Or do you think people are more like excited to see you gaming? Um, for me, I, I get the opposite. You know, I get the opposite. I get it's like, bro, like, where are you? Why are you not, why are you not in the stream? Why are you not gaming? Why are you not doing this? Come on, you're not even interacting. Like, what are you doing? Um, I get the opposite. But um, I think people understand that. Uh, there's a lot of time that we have. We're not just training all day, every day. You know, it's, it's either two to three times out of the day. And each of those sessions, maybe two to three hours. You know what I mean? So we got time to do other stuff. Your fans are going ballistic in the chat right now. They say, ask ask him about the OnlyFans. Are you starting up an OnlyFans? No, I'm not. I'm not. I got the trolls, I'm telling you. That would have been the second uh, fight, UFC fighter on the show that had an OnlyFans if you did have one. Um, I do want to ask you, Randy, about um, betting because we are we are kind of a, a betting show, sports betting show. Do you ever look at the odds uh, before you go and fight an opponent at all? I do. I do, actually. I like that because, uh, again, my Discord, they always bet on me, so they, they, get a, they make a ton of money. My friends make a ton of money. You know what I mean? I'm mostly the underdog for some reason. I love it. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, I definitely look into it. I don't really give it too much merit, but – I love when I'm the underdog so that we can come up. So do you when, Sorry. Oh, we yeah, all jumped in there. No, I, I don't bet. I'm not a gambling man. I'm not a gambling man. But um, but if I did, I would bet on Andy Brown May 7th. So, Randy, I, I see all the time, like, during the UFC shows, like, they're showing tweets of different fighters and stuff like that. Even if you're not betting, per se, but you're watching the UFC events on Saturday – like, are you looking at, or are you like looking at maybe, oh, this person's the favorite, that person's the underdog? Like, do you have your own kind of, I guess, intuition on who should be favored, who shouldn't? Like, maybe scouting future opponents during the Absolutely. actual fights. Absolutely. Um, again, I have a show, and in my show, we we have locks. You know, yeah. I, I do my locks, and uh, they get to bet, and they come for the locks and all that, and I make uh, I give them three solid locks, a three parlay that I that I feel are guaranteed winners, and. Um, and I just do pick who I think is going to win for sure. Um, but I don't tweet as much. Um, me and Amy had a run-in back in the day. A Amy, Amy scared oh, no. me off. Scared me off. Uh, what did I do? Twitter a long time ago. <laughs> no, what did I do? What you do? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was. Uh, um, I I don't even think you remember it was me, but I remember I commented on something. And uh, did I say you were a dick or something? Yeah, you did. You were like, look at this car <laughs> shit. And I was like, damn, like I, I don't even I'm never really on like Twitter. I rarely tweet, right? And I was like, damn, like as soon as I came on here, I'm just getting destroyed. So I was just like, all right, I'm I was like away from Twitter for like six months. I'm like, damn, oh, come back. I'm never tweeting. 
<laughs> I probably did because I do all pretty much call everybody a dick on Twitter because ninety nine point nine percent of the time they're being dicks. Yeah, so I just definitely. like automatically jump to that conclusion. After a while, when I got back on Twitter, I'm like, oh, I get it now. This is, Twitter is mostly it. full of assholes, so that's why <laughs> that's probably why yeah. she reacted like that. And and my yeah. intention when I when I tweeted, it was more so. I was I was like helping. I was like trying to give like some heartfelt advice in that moment, and it's just oh, no, like you were mansplaining. This guy, they're all like, oh, this guy. get him out of here. I'm like, damn, everyone just jumped on me. I'm like, shit, let me get out of here. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, that you makes me feel so sad. <laughs> That's yeah, I. I live on Twitter, Randy, so I, I feel you. Some days I wish I could take a little a little break from it because it's uh, it gets a little insane on there. So I don't blame you if you don't come back to Twitter, but I, w- I would welcome you with open arms if you come back on Twitter a little bit more. Yeah, come back. <laughs> but I do have to say, I did notice you tweeted recently, I believe it was you, about the um, Masvidal, like, you know, Masvidal punching Colby and then mm-hmm. Will Smith at the Oscars. And you kind of said, this is right, this is you, right? You said mm-hmm. that, um, you know, people are getting too comfortable with what they're saying and not like having, re- you know, repercussions for what they're saying. And I'm curious, like, how do you feel about trash talk in a fight? Like, where's the line there? Like, what do you think is, is, a, what is an appropriate response? Like, you know, when somebody punches somebody for what they say, like, what is that thing that they would say that would make you want to punch them in the face? Well, for me personally, I don't think there is anything you could say to me that would make me want to do anything to you that I don't think I was going to do anyway if we're, if we're scheduled to fight. You know what I mean? So um, I always look at it like this. I was taught coming up in martial arts, I'll break your face with a smile. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, I'm not I don't have to be mad to inflict martial arts. You know what I mean? So not because you said something mean to me doesn't mean that when I mount you with this elbow, oh, now I'm mad. Doesn't mean I wasn't gonna bring this elbow down with hell, you know, hell behind it. But like now, all of a sudden, I'm gonna bring it down harder. No, I don't really. It's the same thing. So, um, but to answer your question, I think that there is a line. At the end of the day, certain certain lines shouldn't be crossed. When you shouldn't talk about people's kids, you shouldn't talk about people's family. You shouldn't um, you shouldn't talk about street stuff. At the end of the day, this is a sport. You can't talk street game like, all right, when I see you in the streets, because every one of us have different backgrounds and different walks of life, you know, martial arts. The only thing we have in common is martial arts, and that's what changed our lives and brought us together, right? So for me, you never know what's going to trigger a person and set a person off. So you don't talk street shit to somebody, no matter who you're dealing with. That's street shit. Some people live by a different code. Not even some people just grew up differently. You can't say when I see you in the street, this is what it's gonna be. And then when you get when you get when they see you in the street, you're like, it was entertainment. You know, it, it doesn't work like that. And there's no rules there in the street. Things are different. Mm. Um, as far as the Will Smith thing, I thought it was just it happened like week after after the other, week after the other. So yeah. um my tweet was, there goes words having consequences again. You know, <laughs> like like. Words have consequences, you know, and do I agree? Do I condone the things that I've, that the person, you know, that we're talking about did in the street? I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't do it. I don't condone it, but I understand it, you know, and, and I know that could happen. So if you're going to talk shit to a certain extent, you just have to understand that these are things that could happen. The internet will feel like they're untouchable because they used to be behind the screen where I grew up. There's words, there's actions to, and consequences to your words, you know? What about the Mike Tyson thing? Because I I feel like as fighters, you guys are always bombarded with fans kind of like forgetting that you're people, that you're out having a meal or you're with your family or doing whatever. You know, like, what do you think of that situation where, you know, he took a picture with the guy, the guy wouldn't stop, and he finally just lost his cool? I mean, I think we've all been there. We all probably all wanted to punch somebody in the face. <laughs> um. Hey, I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It's, it's, you know, short and sweet. I loved it. It's it's good. It's, I think it's a we're in a space now where it's reminding people. You know, we got too far back into the social media and like in the in the in the internet world. And no, this is words have consequences, and you can't just mess with people. And oh, it's funny. You're like treating them like he's some kind of like sideshow. Like it was like oh, look look at me. I'm over here. My friend taking a video of me. Look, I got Mike Tyson in front of me. Like that's a person. You know, he told you like yo. Relax, bro. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that right now. Just all right. I took a picture with you. Cool. Don't keep pressing the issue. And 
things you, things can happen to you. People can touch you. I don't know why people don't yeah. think that, that they can't get touched. Like you can get touched. Yeah, and he did it to Mike Tyson, who I believe he he had the famous quote of uh, "Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the mouth." Well, that guy that guy learned that day. Uh, uh, Randy, I do want I do want to ask you. You've been in the UFC coming up on what six years? Twenty sixteen, I believe you made your UFC debut. Um, is there anything that you've seen that because the sport's still relatively young to an extent? Ha, have mm. you seen the sport change at all over the last six years, or is there anything? that you still think needs to be changed in the sport? Um, there's a ton of things that need to be changed. Um, I'm not the guy to change it. I'm not going to get into it, but I, we all know there's a ton of things that need to be changed. And um, the sport has changed thus far. It's slowly growing. You know, there's things, you know, that I, that I enjoy that I can see uh, headed in the right direction. But it's also in a combat sense, yeah, Dudes are coming in more, especially on the contender series. I love the contender series. You see guys are a higher level now. You know, the the newer guys are at a higher level. I even see it in the gyms. You know, guys that are fairly new to the game, they're they putting it together nice. You know what I mean? And they're 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 performing at a high level and they're not even at the big show yet. So I can see the sport overall growth. You know, everyone's getting better. The standard has risen. Do you believe it's the same? Like, you know, people when the sport first started, you know, UFC and it still is UFC is like the goal for most fighters. But I think there's been a lot of promotions that are kind of coming up too, that are putting the UFC at run for their money. Do you feel like maybe um, at some point in the future, the UFC might not be the number one promotion, or do you think it's going to just, it's well and above everybody else. There's no, there's no hope for anybody else. I think there's no hope for anybody else. I think the UFC is, is there. They're the, they're the, they're the big the big boy on the block, you know what I mean? So um, I think that they they are going to change a lot, you know, and there, there'll be other companies to come up and, and do well, you know, but I think that the UFC will always be the leader in the sport. Uh, I do want to ask you, Randy, you've had two of your last three wins have come by submission. This is uh, kind of one of my favorite questions that I like to ask fighters, especially uh, guys who pull off a lot of submissions. Do you have a submission in your back pocket or is there one that you've kind of always wanted to – pull off in the UFC? Wow. Um, I never thought about it. Um, there's a lot of stuff I want to do. <laughs> you know, it's a matter of getting the opportunity to do it. That's always the tough part, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's a lot of submissions that I get to hit in the gym and I hit daily. Um, I never really thought about that. You know, a win is a win for me, man. Whatever, However I could get it done, you know, I like to finish the fights and however I could get it, I'll take it. Uh, Juan Walker just brought up in the chat, uh, and this is one that I that I always say: no one's done it in the UFC yet. I want someone to do it first. They said flying go go Plata. I'll take the flying part out of it, but I want to see a go go Plata in the UFC. I uh, attempted that's the one I always bring up. That's I right. Yes. attempted a go go Plata years ago against Mickey Gall. <laughs> I failed miserably. Right? <laughs> right? But, uh, I'll try it. I'll try anything in there. I'm a free spirit when I'm when I'm fighting, man. I'll try whatever. Beautiful. Say, I Randy, love it. You, you have a ton of finish on your belt, both knockouts and submissions. Does even a decision, is it just a win's a win, or are you really going in there with maybe like, oh, I'm about to finish this guy by submission. I'm trying to knock him out. Like, is there a specific game plan, or you're just going out there and you're going to let the game come to you? You know, it's interesting. My, my thing is how I see it, right? I, I approach it. I approach fighting very differently, I guess. I don't know if it's different, but for how I see it is, I never really go and try to stick to one thing. I'm, I'm looking to implement martial arts, right? I'm, impl I'm implementing the things that my sensei and my teacher has taught me. And I think if I can execute those things the right way, properly, how I execute them in the gym, if they're executed, then that, that person shouldn't be there just receiving it. You know what I mean? No matter how good they are, if it's executed correctly, they shouldn't be able to just take it. So, and I think I credit that to a lot of my finishes, you know, just me executing. So when I go in a fight, I never really have a plan. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to submit yeah. this guy. I'm just executing my techniques, you know what I mean? And if I execute it, I'm not just fighting and looking for, like, an opening. I'm literally just executing, you know? He has to worry about what I'm going to do. I'm not really concerned about what he has to do, and I'm looking to execute. And if I execute, then people and they shouldn't be standing in front of me anymore. 
Well, Randy, I appreciate you joining us today, uh, taking the time. Obviously, you're busy uh, heading into next week. Uh, best of luck in your fight against Chaos Williams next week at UFC 274. Everyone tune in for that. And, of course, we will uh, we'll be rooting for you, man. Oh, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We're all going to fight Thank over you. who gets to, to bet on you next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I may be the underdog, so it'll be smart. Trust me. Throw a bag yeah. on Hunter Brown. <laughs> Thank you all so right, much. Take care, Randy. Bye. That, that was, was fun. Awesome. Good stuff. I love I love all his fans uh, in the chat yeah. giving him some love as well. That's awesome. Yay. Yeah, you uh, guys are fun. Stick around and give us shit the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so and, you know, couple... I thought... Go ahead. No, I, I really liked kind of the end there where he was talking about kind of his evolution of not only his game, but the UFC and how he, you know, kind of his thought process when he goes out there. Like, it doesn't matter who he's facing. He's just going to go and execute his technique his style so i thought that was awesome and like some good insight actually into like the fight game itself and i hope if he ever pulls off a go-go plata uh, even though i had nothing to do with it myself and juan walker in the chat i'm we're gonna yeah. take uh we're gonna take a little bit of credit for that uh, couple quick things i do want to cover and then of course we're gonna get in the ufc draft for anyone new we draft our picks for this weekend's ufc a little friendly competition between uh the three of us and it gives us a chance to kind of break down uh, our thoughts on on some fights for this weekend. But there were a few quick things uh, I believe that we did not get to um, about this past weekend. I think the main thing is we are obviously mixed martial arts show primarily, but really just martial arts in general. we got to talk a little boxing. Tyson Fury, and actually this does relate to mixed martial arts a little bit because of kind of what happened at the end. Tyson Fury uh, went on. Uh, to win once again in a sixth-round knockout, a vicious uppercut against Dillian White. Um, arguably the greatest, one of the, definitely one of the greatest heavyweight boxes of all time. Finished in fantastic fashion, but kind of the news and how this relates to uh, mixed martial arts is he brought in a UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou, into the ring afterwards and said that the two are going to fight, which is kind of weird because right before that he said, he, was, he retired. He promised his wife he was going to retire after the third Deontay Wilder fight, but then he wanted to fight um, at the stadium. What's the name of the stadium in England? Wembley. He wanted to fight in there. What's that? I think it's Wembley, right? Wembley, Wembley yes. He wanted to fight There's in Wembley Stadium. 96,000 people there. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's like a god there. You yeah. Know, he, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then, but so then he, and then he said, this is it. He's done. And then he brings in Francis, Francis and gone and said, he's going to fight him. I feel like that's not retiring. If you're going to fight. I have some info about that. I've got some info about Not like not anything crazy, but Smith, who is a UFC fighter, obviously he said on his podcast that both, uh, Fury and Francis did not plan that. Neither one of them knew the other one was going to go in the ring. So, like, Francis, so I guess somebody just put him in the ring. He wasn't planning on going and getting in the ring. Fury didn't know Francis was there and was going to get in the ring. So that was all really organic, like, in the mm. moment. And I don't know if you guys realize, but he asked him if he has a big Corey. Do you know what a Corey is? No. Fury asked Francis and Gano if he has a big Corey. That is slang for... Oh wow! What do you said it? I mean, I'm not British, but I had a, I had an intuition. Yeah. There, so there was a lot of weirdness going on in there. I don't think that's that's not going to happen. Like that fight's not going to happen. That's you that was just so? him having fun. No, that was him having fun. Then having like I think I think Tyson Fury really is retired. But there has well, been I, whispers of that the past couple of years, though. Yeah, I think if. Fury could still be retired and fighting Ghana because I don't think that's like a real like it's the same thing as McGregor Mayweather. Like I don't think that's like a mm. a serious like boxing match. Like yeah, I it think, would be hybrid like, rules too. So what they yeah, were saying like that would it would be like another cash play. I don't yeah. I wouldn't even like count that as like Tyson Fury in a boxing match. Yeah, exactly. So I think it'd be more of a cash grab than anything, but yeah, because yeah, I think they I, said I think they said it'd be in a boxing ring, but with MMA gloves and then modified rules, which yeah, they very specific on. Yeah, I mean, I think this would not, end up being a boxing match, more or less. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not. It's I don't I don't see it happening. But I know yeah, we all saw that with with uh, Connor and Mayweather too. So 
Uh, we do need to get to the draft here because we are kind of uh, on the back end here. We're a little bit late getting to the draft, but uh, I did want to shout out. We don't have to dive into this too much, but uh, arguably, I mean, I'm not the biggest boxing historian in the world, but is this weekend's fight between Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor the biggest women's boxing match of all time? I know for a fact uh, it is the first uh, combat sport at Madison Square Garden that's headlined by two women. Uh, Amanda Serrano has a chance to become a two-division undisputed champion, which is completely unheard of uh, in the sport of boxing. So any quick thoughts on this from either of you? Yeah, I think I, I don't know a ton about boxing. I know a little bit about Amanda because she did some MMA for Combate Americas for a little bit. She actually got submission wins there, which was just Yes, nuts. I saw that, yeah. Um, I think... If I were putting money on it, I'd put money on Amanda just because I know her and I have that, like, connection. But, yeah, I've, all I've heard is how big this fight is, um, and I think it's great for women's boxing. Uh, I think I, I considered going to it. We'll see. Tickets are, are, aren't too expensive. Um, I dove into it a little bit today. I'm actually going to pick – it's actually – the odds are pretty close. Uh, Serrano's a slight favorite. Katie Taylor's a slight underdog. Uh, I am going to put my money in Katie Taylor as a slight underdog. I think she's a little bit more of a technical boxer where Serrano is more of a, like, I think it's like 22 over 30 wins or something around that range come by knockout, but she's going up in weight class. Um, she is currently the featherweight undisputed champion and she's now fighting Katie Taylor. Who's the lightweight undisputed champion. I believe I have that right. So I, I think, think the right. size difference might uh, kind of make that power difference a little minute. And I think Katie Taylor, at least once again, not a boxing expert, but I think she's a little bit more technical, won the gold medal at the 2012 Olympics in boxing. And usually those Olympian boxing uh, boxers are a little bit more technical, a little bit better footwork. So I'm going to back Katie Taylor as a slight underdog. I think it's going to be a good fight and obviously a historic fight uh, for women's combat sports. Perfect. Yeah. Let's get into the UFC draft. We had a lot to cover uh, and a great interview there uh, with Randy Brown. But let's get into the UFC draft for this weekend's card. A little bit of a warm-up for next weekend's stacked card of UFC 274, but there are some uh, still some very good fights on the card. Uh, we are back to a three-person draft now that you have joined us, Reed. So for anyone who's new, it is a snake draft. Uh, three picks. Once a fight is off the table, obviously, or once a fighter has been selected, no one else can obviously draft that fighter. That's kind of the sense of the draft. We do three picks each. It is a snake. We go one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three. Uh, and at the conclusion of the card this weekend, the person who finishes up the most units. So we do take betting odds into consideration wins. Last week was a two person draft with just myself and Amy. We both went two and one, but Amy wins with a little bit uh, walking with a little bit of a higher profit. So Amy, because you won last week, you choose the draft order. Uh, what's going to be the order for this weekend? Okay. Well, the champion will go first. Okay. Then I'm going to give Reed the second shot just because no. he's been missing. And then Ian, I feel like the third one is the hardest spot. I don't know why. So I'm giving that one to you because I feel like you're my stiffest competition only because Reed was going on last week. No I have one win. So if we're going by measuring wins, you two are both blowing me out of the water. Are we doing – I don't think we discussed this I'm, actually before the show. A whole are we card. Doing whole card for any round. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think. Okay. I think that's the way to go for the non-pay-per-views, and then pay-per-views maybe we start off with just prelims. Agreed. Agreed. I got to yeah. tell you, though, I'm ice cold with my UFC bets. Maybe I should have <laughs> came on the show last week. I've lost like five in a row, so I got to get back on track here. So I – we got we got to get a win here. I'm this is a must win week for me. I haven't won in a while. You did kind of start off like winning a few drafts in a row, and then lately it's yeah, I've definitely tapered off. So I gotta you know reaffirm myself as the you know the champion, the king of the so, draft. Yeah, so I gotta get I gotta get on track here. All right, then let's uh, let's start it off. Amy, first overall pick. Okay, so I had I told you I had a theme in the beginning that I was gonna go with. I'm going with Milwaukee as my theme which means oh, I'm going yeah. with Jared Gordon as my first pick, even though he doesn't live and train in New Milwaukee anymore, but that's where I've kind of like, that's what I think of him as he, I believe he's a plus plus one forty five. last I checked. Yep. Um, and you know me, I like the underdogs, but something he said to me at media day kind of made me think. So he had this really interesting take about him, who has his opponent has switched camps and is at a different camp now. And I, in the past, have always said, like, that makes somebody really dangerous because you don't know what they've learned. You don't know all this new stuff they've had. They're, you know, what a blah, 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 you know. But he said, 
that when you switch, and he knows because he switched from Rufus Sport to down to somewhere in Florida that he's training now, um, it takes a while to your body will automatically do what you're used to doing. So all this stuff that you've learned at your old gym is going to stick with you. It's going to take a, a few fights before all the new learning starts to kick in and becomes natural. So really that, that new fighter, new camp thing is not really a thing until two or three fights in. So that's why I'm going with Jared Gordon. I think that's a really cool way to look at his opponent. And again, Milwaukee going with Milwaukee fighters. Amy, starting off with a big underdog. Do we have a graphic for this fight? Did we already show it? Oh, I don't know. Mm, there it yes. is. Jared Gordon's fighting just so we see who his opponent is there against Grant Dawson. Uh, Jared Gordon, plus, 140, or plus 145 underdog. Um, little uh, red flag that I see is a little four-inch reach advantage for Grant Dawson. Maybe that is a, per- a reason why he is a minus-175 favorite, but 17-1-1. One one. That's going to be a good fight, Last though. Last fight was a draw. So. Yes. Jared's was? Uh, no, uh, Grant oh, okay. Dawson. He's seventeen yeah. one and one, but his last fight was the was the extra right. one. Also, Jared used to be a one forty five er, so he's not going to be cutting a lot of weight. So that's one thing to keep in mind as well. He really sounded like he really likes one fifty five. He says he feels better. Everything is better at one fifty five. So that's another little edge for Jared. All right, read you're up. So the whole card is available, correct? Yes. Correct. Lovely, because I'm going to be on the main event. Uh, happy that I got this pick. I'm taking Rob Font. Um, definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, on board here. Definitely on board here. And it is a little tricky because I actually I really like Marlon Vera. I find myself betting Marlon Vera a lot. But so Rob Font lost his last fight against Jose Aldo, and I think it's kind of driving his price down. Where Marlon Vera, he beat up on two worse fighters in his last two so he's coming in winner of two straight Rob Font got kind of knocked off the ledge with a loss so I think you're this is a good like buy low sell high spot here Font busier striker striker he could win the grappling exchanges I just I think I treat Rob Font as like a contender in this weight class whereas Marlon Barry I think is more of a gatekeeper so I think that this is a kind of ridiculous price on Rob Font I think he's the, the clear side here so I'll take him minus 135. If I had to guess, Ian's going to be on Marlon Vera based on his reaction. So, Yes, correct. You said you were uh, going to bet on the main event, and I wondered if you were going to steal my pick, but then I, I should have known. Literally every single draft that we do read, we are on opposite sides of at least one fight. So, so do you think that's a good thing or a bad? Like, do you think it's better? Obviously, for content-wise, I think it's better that we're against each other, but it, I feel like at this point, like we're like 500 betting against each other. It kind of goes both ways. Yeah, we yeah we are kind of yeah back and forth on this. Uh, last week, I know I you, you bet it. Uh, both Andrew and Amy were on, were on Clay Guida last week, so I got on the right side uh, of it that time. But uh, in the past, you've definitely been on the right side. So it's been fifty fifty. So but because God, it's fifty fifty, give your Marlon Vera spiel. I well, I have to say one thing about Rob Font, which I Go hadn't ahead. really thought about. He he's had three UFC main events. I think he's lost them all. But that tells me that the UFC sees something in him. Somebody sees something in him. There's a reason. He's he- legit. Rob Font's legit. Yeah. Gee, Rob Font's very good. I, w- I would have picked Aldo in last fight. I would have picked Rob over Cheeto. Uh, just looking here. His, His last, last two fights were main events for sure. He beat Cody Garber and he lost to Jose Aldo. I don't know if there's a previous oh, crap right. out of okay. Cody Garber. Okay. Not that it's saying So the, this will be his third. Yes. Um, but yes, I, I am in Marlon, uh, Marlon Vera here as, as an underdog. I think he's being underrated. People are trying to discount his win against Sean O'Malley, but like that was a very legitimate win, and people still praise Sean O'Malley, and rightfully so. Uh, but he, he beat Sean O'Malley. Uh, he had Jose Aldo on the ropes. Uh, he just front-kicked Frankie Edgar into oblivion. Uh, and one of the things I like about Marlon Vera quite a bit is that he's an accurate striker, 51% strike accuracy rate. Uh, which is pretty solid, certainly uh, in the upper echelon uh, of his weight class in that category. So uh, I think I would probably set this fight as a pick'em. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Rob Font wins either. But uh, anytime there's a pick'em, especially in the main event, give me the underdog. And also, I've been uh, picking favorites last week. Screwed me, so I got to take at least one underdog here. So give me uh, Marlon Vera plus one fifteen. Uh, that concludes the first round. Before I give my second pick here, let's 
take a quick look-see. Myself and Amy both on underdogs. Uh, Amy's on uh, Gordon. I'm on Vera. Uh, Gordon plus 145, Vera plus 115. And Reed, uh, obviously, we just talked about this. You were on uh, Rob Font in the main event. Slight favorite, minus 135. Uh, and then, of course, it is back to me because it is a snake draft. Um, I'm going to go with a prelim fight here. Uh, and this is, I just took an underdog. Now I'm going to take a chalky pick. Uh, prelim fight. Uh, it is a women's fight. I'm going Gina Mazzani, minus 180 against Shayna Young. Uh, like I said, a little chalky here, minus 180. But this might be my most confident bet in the UFC in the year 2022. Ooh, fight up. FOI, fight of the year. A minus fight of the year, favorite. bet of the year. I might wow. put five Way units. Go out on a limb. And I am not a five-unit better at most. I usually do whale two units. Play. This is my whale play lock of the absolute <laughs> millennium. Uh, pretty easy handicap here. Uh, Gina Mazzani, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing her name. She's a wrestler. Shana Young does not do well against wrestler. Gina averages 4.7 takedowns. Per 15 minutes. That's an insane rate of takedowns. Landed four takedowns in her last fight, seven in her fight previous to that. And now she's taking on Shayna Young, who has a takedown defense of only 53% and has been taken down at least twice, including both her two UFC fights and her Dana White Contender Series fight. Handicapping does not get any easier than a fighter who gets a lot of takedowns against someone who can't defend takedowns. It's as easy as that. Minus 180. Putting the house on it. I thought for uh, sure that, you were going to go with Alexander Romanov as a negative two eight eight one. Yeah, no, you can't. That you. I did. Like, yeah, you actually, you thank like you for two. bringing that up. I did actually want to bring that up, and actually, someone said uh, Kyle Walken said whoever says Romanov first loses. Kyle Walken also said I was quite enjoying the show first time viewer until you said Vera beat a fifteen and zero sugar. Well. There you go. Um, but uh, yeah, Romanov, I believe, is the biggest favorite ever in the UFC. And it's crazy because like, little fun fact from from a betting standpoint, literally the biggest favorite ever in the UFC. Uh, like, I'm just saying, I like Romanov, but like he he's shown that like he can be beat. Like he could easily like twi- like like hurt himself and just lose. Like I, you cannot go near that. Even like I think he's like minus five hundred to win inside the distance. Like that's ridiculous. Like I wouldn't say go bet on Chase Sherman or anything, but like. Plus, oh, 1, I did. I bet on him last week, and I'm betting on him again this week because oh, it's five bucks. Uh, I would say it's, it's Sherman or pass. Yeah, it's Sherman or pass. Like if you're trying to make some money, like yeah, you might as well like throw a dart on it. Like Romanov could slip and fall and like knock himself out. I've seen crazier things in the UFC. Like it takes one punch. Like Chase Sherman is a heavyweight. Like he could throw one punch and knock him out. Why not? But uh, this is the one sport I would never lay like a crazy price. Like no. No, I, well, well, I mean, disqualifications could happen. I mean, we've seen it. Exactly, that's what I'm before. saying. Like, this sport more than anything, it's so fast and stuff. Like, I would never even think about doing that. But Kyle Walken, I hope you're still watching here. I mean, no disrespect, <laughs> but Marlon Vera beat Sugar Sean O'Malley. I mean, I mean, he broke his foot or whatever. So like, He got hurt. Who caused the injury? Like His, his like, leg. <laughs> like, Vera's like, yeah. I had Vera in that fight. I was pumped. I don't like Sean O'Malley, so I was pumped, but – Oh, okay. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to say I don't like Sean O'Malley, but. No, I don't like him. Don't tell him I said that. (laughs) I'm going to bring him on next week. And we're going to play this clip. So there's my first, that's the first pick, my first pick of the second round. Um, Reed, it is back to you. Yeah, I'm going to go with another favorite. Um, Andre Orvlosky. Obviously, you know, this guy, it feels like he's fighting like once a month, once every six weeks. And he just turns out victories. Um, I think he's going to be able to keep this fight standing. I think that he's the busier striker. This guy grinds out decision victories for a living. And I know he's 43. I don't really care. I, you know, nothing from Jake Collier beating Chase Sherman, who's now plus 1,100 against Alexander Romanov or Jan Volante. Nothing convinces me that he has a chance in this fight. I think it's just going to be a classic Orlovsky grind decision victory, 30-27, move it on. I'm getting back on the board with guys that are going to win this weekend. You know, he said today that he plans on – he said, I want to be around for a couple more years. And then he goes – and then he immediately said, not two, like three or four. So he's, like, not close to slowing down. 
And he's so better not be. I got him to he win this week. He's like a three-fight win streak or something, too. Yeah. So he's I just don't grinding th- out wins. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. Listen, he did take shots. Also, like what? I don't really see Collier's path to victory that clear. Like I think Orlovsky, the guy knows how to grind out a victory, so I like him to win by decision. Yeah. All right, Amy, back to you. Okay, so back with my theme of Wisconsin fighters going with Gerald Mershart. I think that's how you say it. Uh, But close enough. What is it? I think it's Mearshart. That's what I said. Also, I could be wrong. Okay. Mearshart. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Why were you in a bet on him? I I wasn't going to take him here, but but I've bet on him him almost every single other fight that he's been in. Okay. He's my guy because I'm betting on him. Um, (laughs) again it's just another like last week and the week before i just went with my heart i didn't do a whole bunch of thinking he's he's a heart pick not doing a lot of thinking i think it's going to be a really tough fight for him for sure but he's on a three fight win streak he can do it i believe in him he definitely can go rufus sport and your strategy of following your heart, Amy, has won you two straight drafts. So I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that strategy. Yep. Um, so there you go. Gerald Mearshart, yep, three-fight win streak. Uh, another underdog for you. Before we get to your third and final pick, Amy, and we get into the Ooh. final round here, let's just recap the draft so far once again. Amy, both of her picks are plus 145 underdogs. She is getting aggressive with those underdogs this show. Uh, read two favorites though, minus 135 and minus 145, complete opposite strategies. And then I'm in the <laughs> middle, one underdog plus 115. Uh, and then my whale play lock of the millennium, Mazzini, minus 180. Uh, so there we go. It's shaping up for a good draft. Final round, final pick for you, Amy. What do you got? Well, I was literally, I forgot that I had another pick, so I was literally putting money on Chase Sherman right now. Um, five dollars, <laughs> just five dollars. Um, I'm going to go another heart one, Natan Levy. I think he's the favorite. Um, yeah, I think that he's – he's he lost his debut, but I think he's hungry. He realizes he's got to come back and make a statement. I th- believe it was his first loss ever. He's incredibly talented. He's a favorite for a reason. He's my safe pick. I don't hate that move. You have two big, un- you have well, not huge underdogs, but two underdogs is not bad just to make sure you kind of get a win there. And, and I mean, he's a favorite minus two hundred five, but not the uh, not a massive, massive, massive favorite. And you're right, uh, did lose his UFC debut in his first fight via unanimous decision to Raf- Rafa Garcia, um, and that was his first loss. So six and one, um, yeah, against Mike and Rafa Breeden. Garcia two weeks ago. I believe I won on him being an underdog. From that fight. I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. You guys see my son crawling behind me? <laughs> <laughs> professional, professional outing there. He's just trying not to get in the way. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, Reed, your final pick of the draft. Okay, so I went with two favorites. Um, didn't want to lay any more chalk at the other – Sides I liked were a little bit closer, like minus 200. So I'm going to go – I'm saying this one wrong, but Johan Laniz. Laniz, I like it. Okay, so plus 125 underdog. He's got the height and reach advantage, plus three. He is 8-0, and winner on the Contender Series, uh, six knockouts. Of course, going against Gabe Green, who's significantly undersized, obviously. I just said he's you know given up three inches of height and reach. He's also been knocked out twice in his three losses, so I think – um, again, I'm going to say it wrong, but Lanise, he's going to be able to find a finish in this one. I think that, you know, we're fading green off of a win. He struggled with bigger guys in the past. He lost to Daniel Rodriguez in his debut. So I like Lanise as an underdog. I think he's, you know, this is more of a coin flip. So I'll take a shot. He was our fan-sided fighter to watch this week. So mm. did they say nice words? I yeah, I mean, I'm sure if it was a fighter to watch. But <laughs> I can't remember what was said, but yeah. Well, good because I there he's my fighter to watch now, so I'm pumped. To, I'm pumped for him to get a win. And there you go. You have an underdog pick locked into your draft to complement the two favorites. So there you there go. There you go. Uh, my last pick and the final pick of the draft. I will admit, Reed, I had four names written down here. 
none of the other ones were picked. And one of the names I had written down was Jake Collier against uh, Andre Arlovsky. But, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, man. Because I bet I bet against Andre Arlovsky last time he fought and I lost. So uh, Did, and wasn't that going, like a month ago? Didn't he fight a month ago? Yeah, against it was Jared not Mano? that long ago. I. Th- it might have been. That, that's what you're talking about. Was that, the, was, that might have been the episode Jeff Molina was on, though. It might have been two months ago. That's still so short for the UFC. Right. <laughs> it was like a decision victory, so now Arlovsky's back in. Yeah, I, I, so I don't want to lose picking against Arlovsky twice in a row. Um, and also yeah. going against you with two head-to-head picks in the same draft makes me a little nervous as well. So instead, I'm going to change it up. I'm going with a guy, and I've seen his last name be different depending on what resource I look at. So on WinBet, he's down as Daniel Lacerda. I saw this uh, too. But I, I'm also seeing him in other places uh, as Daniel Da Silva. So just two completely. Da Silva. Da you're Silva. saying it's Da Silva? I always go by. This is the official fight card from the. Oh, you can't see it from the UFC. It says Da Silva. I always go by whatever the UFC because they ask the fighter what they want to be referred as. So. It's oh, and actually, I do Silva. see uh, WinBet now has changed it to De Silva, where I think it was Lacerda uh, earlier, I believe. So there you go. So it was that he, before, but I saw it both ways, so I just left it with what WinBet had. So I apologize, Daniel. It is Daniel De Silva. Um, he is fighting against Francisco Figueroa, who is the brother of Devison Figueroa, um, and I think he is being overvalued because he is the brother, the brother of the flyweight champion, Devison Figueroa. Because if you look at the statistics, this is Figueroa's statistics, 1.9 significant strikes landed per minute. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's Strike true. defense of 64%, not good there either. He's um, Lacerdo's 0-1 in the UFC, but his only fight against uh, in the UFC was against a uh, friend of the show. Jeff Molina. I mean, what uh, what a what a brutal uh, introduction to the UFC fighting against <laughs> Jeff Molina, one of the greatest fighters to ever live, and our good friends. So um, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna you know dock points for a loss against Jeff Molina. Uh, so he's only won the UFC, but I like Daniel De Silva against uh, Figure Devison Figueroa's brother, whose statistics just are not good. Um, so there you have it, minus one twenty, slight favorite. Uh, for that one. So there you go. That concludes the draft. Let's Looking bring up a little recap graphic here so we see all of her picks. This Amy is an interesting Gordon. Draft. Interesting it draft. is an interesting draft. And a lot of uh, not really any massive favorites or, or big underdogs, really. Uh, all pretty close fights. Amy with a plus 145 and Gordon, plus 145 and Mearshart, and then a minus 205 with Levy. Reed, you are minus 135 with Font, minus 145 with Erlowski, and then plus 125 with Leness, possibly. Uh, and then I am a plus 115 with Vera, minus 180 with Mazzani, and minus 120 with De Silva. Uh, really quick, do you guys have any? Kyle Walken did chime in. Uh, I apologize for, miss- for missing this uh, a couple minutes ago. Uh, Andre Feely against Joe Anderson fight. Uh, what do you think for that fight? Do you have any opinion? Did, did you? Did the, either of you have any notes down for Andre Feely? That that is a little bit more of a chalky pick. Andre Feely, I believe, is a sizable favorite, so I didn't dive too big into that. Usually, I just kind of stay. He's a minus two fifty favorite against Joe Anderson Brito. Uh, usually, I dive more deeper. Oh, there we go. We have a graphic for it. Look at that. Um, I'm a big fan of Andre Touchy Feely, uh, arguably the, one of the best nicknames in the UFC. I think he wins this fight handedly, but I'm curious if you two have any thoughts on that one. I actually almost put my my uh, pick as Joe Anderson. Um, oh. But after seeing – because he he's one of those guys where he's like a, not a name, so people just automatically underestimate him. And then, you know, Andre Touchy-Feely is a name, so they automatically give him more props. But yeah. after seeing both of their interviews and seeing Feely, he was – a different guy like it, it, he was he he felt like almost like a motivational speaker and i've never Ooh. seen him like that he spent eight months where he was not sure he would ever fight again because he didn't have a contract and the ufc wasn't giving him a contract and he kept asking for fights and asking for fights and then finally one day they just said okay here's a fight but he spent a lot of that time really thinking about life and about himself and stuff and i just think there's no way in hell he's gonna lose this fight I just don't think I just I can't see it unless that some is, freak accident happens. Yeah, that's I I I leaned Feely 
like I Brito he lost his last fight to Bill Aljo and that was a similar like size disadvantage. Uh Brito's given up two inches of reach, three inches of height. So I just I don't think he's gonna be able to get this to the ground. So I like Feely. I think he like might even find a finish here. So like this was like for the sake of the betting draft, I'm not necessarily interested in, you know, taking Feely. Yeah, that's my big thing. I'm going to st- anything, you know, longer odds than minus 200, I kind of stay away with uh, when it comes to the draft. Uh, but yeah, Feely's coming off a, a no contest, an accidental eye poke against Daniel Pineda uh, last summer. So uh, yeah, great sorry, insight yeah. there, there by you, Amy. Uh, that kind of makes me want to bet on him. So maybe I'll bet on him separately outside of the draft. Maybe a little two unit play on Andre Feely to get some money there. So. Yeah, and if you're like a fan it. of him and you want to see that interview, because it was – I mean, we talked for a long, almost 30 minutes, I would say. It's up on our YouTube channel. Just search his name. It should be the first one you hit. It, it was, It's worth it. It's worth sitting there for the full 30 minutes too. He was just fantastic. Might as well go watch it now because we are wrapping up here. Um, next week is going to be a massive show, UFC 274. Uh, we will be – the three of us will be fighting uh, for who will be – taking Randy Brown in the draft, I'm sure. Um, but be sure to tune in for that because that is a stacked card uh, from top to bottom, prelims, main card, uh, Justin Gaethje and Charles uh, Oliveira for the lightweight championship in the main event of, main event of that. Can't wait. Um, any final comments before we close it out? How are you two feeling about your drafts? Are you confident? I feel super confident. Yeah, 3-0 and on the way. And, and if I lose, it's because of this beer. I'm going to go back to the wine. Uh, and Amy is looking for the, I believe, first ever three-peat. By the way, Reed, I think you missed this last week. Amy has set the jab cross hook record for most units one two weeks ago, the last show you're on before this. She went 3-0 and is like plus four point, like five units or something. They were I think they were all It coincides with my cold streak. So now, Amy, I'm sorry. Like you're going to, this, this, this heater is coming to an end. I'm back. I am in off-season basketball, locked in on the UFC. <laughs> So you're just in trouble now, like that. Like now, I'm playing like a I'm playing like a pissed off person. So I gotta get some. I gotta get my uh, self back on track. And I will likely just continue to lose. <laughs> uh, all right, thank you to everyone for tuning in. If you're watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. As always, best of luck with your picks this weekend, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.